Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock your front door, your sanity. Hey everyone, Scott here. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Success Story podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Bill Moses, who is the founder and CEO of Flying Embers. This is not his first rodeo. He built out Kavita that he sold to Pepsi for $220 million. He's in the alcohol business, the drinks biz. He is an incredibly smart man and he's gonna walk us through what he did with his first company, that successfully exited, as well as his second company that he's building up right now. Also, a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Mint Mobile. If you want a special offer from Mint, you're going to have to listen till at least the halfway point in this episode because they cooked up something a little bit uh, special for everybody that's tuning into the Success Story podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into it. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Today, I'm sitting down with Bill Moses, who is the founder and CEO of Flying Embers, a better for you alcohol platform. This includes hard kombucha, seltzers, beers. Uh, he is a global leader in the beverage industry, a veteran and a visionary in the growing field of health brewing. And we're going to understand what that is. But he is very focused on allowing you to drink a little bit, but still feel good about yourself. Now, uh, Bill is not new to the beverage industry. Um, he has scaled the Flying Embers brand to over 100 plus distributors across Canada and the US. Um, he's also the co-founder and former chairman and CEO of Kavita, a non-alcoholic fermented beverage, which became an international leading brand with thousands of retail locations uh, that transformed the functional beverage space and was acquired in 2016 by PepsiCo for a reported $250 million. This is not Bill's first rodeo. So, Bill, thank you so much for joining. Very excited to understand your journey, your successes, um, a little bit about what uh, health brewing even means, and uh, and just to understand how you got to, to where you are today. So, thank you. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, I think what people are looking for today are beverages across, you know, all formats and all categories. That really, uh, that really do something for you. Really, uh, kind of have something that's beneficial to you. So, so what, what, what I did, what we're doing here is creating um, an alcohol platform across different, um, you know, categories. That really, yeah. when you drink it, you really, uh, you really have, <clears throat> excuse me, have some benefits that um, that make you feel good about drinking. Um, and those benefits could be could range anything anywhere from having probiotics in them, having prebiotics in them, um, uh, having some sort of unique hero ingredient uh, like reishi mushroom or some sort of quote-unquote adaptogen, which is very much on trend that 
that has um, that basically has a halo around it about being better for you. So we're fermenting all these different lines with all these different unique bacterias and all these different unique hero ingredients that are better for you so that ultimately you could you could enjoy your you can enjoy your beverage of choice and still have something of value in it. And help me understand who 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 starts a, a beverage in this, a beverage business and thinks not only am I going to try and figure out how to build a brand and sell alcohol or seltzer or kombucha or whatever it is, but also I'm going to figure out how to safely incorporate health ingredients, maybe go into a market that is emerging but isn't solidified yet. These are all, this is a lot of variables and business is not easy, right? So no, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of threads that have to go through the eye of a needle to really hit your mark in any new business, um, whether it be technology or consumer packaged goods uh, and in, in particular beverages, there's 350 new beverages that, that, that start every year, one succeeds. And those sort of odds are up against a lot of people. So it really takes, of, uh, expertise, experience, and uh, I don't know what that background noise is. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm see, <laughs> this is this is uh, working from home. There's a there's a really loud motorbike going down my street. Oh, this okay, okay. this is our new reality. <laughs> so anyway, so what's it take to it? Yeah, really. So so back to it takes you know it takes a lot of many threads to go through the eye of a needle to to make any. Yeah. Any anything, any uh, new business work, and I think as I was saying, you know, um, um, let's just let's just you got it, you got something good there. I'm just gonna I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, uh, no, so it takes a lot. It takes a lot to make. A, it takes a lot to make um, yeah. any business really excel to work. Right. Right. Um, but so, you are you are ignoring. You're going against the grain. You're 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 trying all these different things. Maybe it's because you're experienced. Maybe it's because you've sort of excelled in this in this area before. Um, why is it okay? Let's let's say like why is this important to you, right? Why is not just launching another liquor brand or another alcohol brand or another beer brand? Why is that important? Yeah, it, you know it. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing now, what's important to me, is um, is really to is really to um, provide an offering to consumers that is not ordinary. So it's got to be extraordinary, um, and something mm-hmm. that really could have something distinguishable about it that really makes it part of current trends. And right now, trending in the consumer package, good food and beverage, or foods and foods and drinks that are really better for you. So, yeah, I really wanted to land there uh, in a way that would uh, differentiate us, make us stand out, and appeal to the millennials and to others that are really focused on uh, these sorts of things that are really important to them. And what we wrap around that product that product mission is our purpose and mm-hmm. our purpose is also that we we give uh, you know one percent of our revenues to first responders since flying Ember, mm-hmm. the name originated from uh at the time the greatest the biggest north american fire in uh, in 2017 
the brand was birthed out of that. So our purpose is to give back to the firefighters. So you take a unique product, you take something that is really on trend that appeals to the millennials that that's growing and you wrap purpose around it. And those are some of the threads that you need to pull through the eye of the needle to create a product that really resonates with consumers. And then you mm-hmm. have business. Once you have that, then you have the business of execution, which is another whole journey. <laughs> now, you, you've obviously uh, figured and, and crossed some of these hurdles already in your past roles in life. So walk, help me, you know, we, we've sort of jumped right into, um, into Flying Embers. I want to understand you and your background and even how you grew the first or perhaps not the first business, but... Um, when we speak about, uh, we're speaking about a Kavita, was that the first thing you did out of university? What's your, what's your professional? Sure, sure. So uh, I, uh, I came out of college and I uh, did, did a, a exchange, you know, during college, my junior year, I was over in the south of France and I lived with a garage winemaker and I got a little experience of what mm-hmm. it looks like to ferment beverages. Came back to the U.S., graduated at the University of Virginia went into and, and I really just went to New York uh, and was looking for a job. And I ended up uh, getting into the management trainee program of a company called Bear Stearns, which was a investment. <laughs> office. And I learned, yeah. uh, I learned the capital markets. I learned business. I learned how to capitalize an enterprise. So one part of my work experience was understanding how to raise money, how to, how to manage dilution, how to put together a board of directors, and how all those important components of putting together the financial plan uh, came together. So I did that on Wall Street. I worked as an investment banker and ended up leaving that after 12 years of working and living in New York City to starting uh, different companies, including a joint venture with in China, uh, and, you know, in, in you know, 30 years ago with the Chinese Academy of Sciences, we actually started the first computerized airline reservation system in the PRC a mm-hmm. long time ago. Um, did So I had many, many different iterations of my career that really built my toolkit, my toolkit of finance, my toolkit of operational experience, my toolkit of marketing experience. And so, you know, it, it really afforded me an opportunity to have a running start um, at my at my life stage in going into beverages, so all that kind of accumulated into into that. And of course, I also then, you know, before I got into Cavita, I had my own certified organic winery, which was the first at the time in California, um, back in 2000. And so there, I learned to ferment, I learned to understand about marketing and alcohol product, uh, and at that time, a better for you alcohol product. Anyway, you wrap that all together in that. And you sprinkle a little bit of hard work and commitment and, you know, here you are. So it's no, it's um, it's an interesting story. I, I just like understanding because everybody's path to entrepreneurship is so different. Right. Like there's some, like you got all, you got all the formal training and then you pivoted a little bit later in life compared to somebody who's right out of, you know, university and they just learn by failing again and again and again. Like, so, you know, it's, it's just interesting. I find, and, and, you know, part of this podcast is speaking about, you know, what you're doing and, and what Flying Embers is. But I also like to, like, pull out some of those, like, this is this is one way to do it. 
but it's not the only way. This, this is another way to do it. Right. right. Um, so where is so so walk me through where Flying Embers is right now. What have you brought it to? Where do you want to take it? Sure. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, I really brought it to a place where we build a national platform. We've got distribution all across the U.S. Um, now that the dis- distribution network is built, we now, you know, we put different product lines into the pipeline, uh, both into retail and in direct to, direct to consumer. And we really begin to curate and cultivate which are sellers and which aren't and then begin to apply marketing and sales behind that to build it out nationwide and to really get the consumer to be aware of it and then to pull it off shelf. So that's really where we are right now. Do you, do you find that, um, because you mentioned before that there's so many different products that go to market every year. Is it particularly difficult to launch an alcohol brand against some of the, the most established? Because I don't see a ton of, of new alcohol brands well, it's much taking the shelf. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, in the, the non-alc world, there are a lot less barriers to entry for mm-hmm. beverage. Uh, but when you get into beverages, you have alcohol. You really, you really, you really have to go through what's called a three-tier system, where you have to go to a distributor that has an alcohol license that then can go to a retailer. In mm-hmm. alc, you can go right to, right to a distrib- right to a retailer, and you don't have to go through so many distributors some of these distributors are old legacy families that have owned it multi-generational yeah sort of gatekeeper you know you yeah. go and kneel in front of them and kiss their pinky ring and <laughs> bring you through their gate and then and so now so now flying embers is, is actually yeah. so so walk me through like the 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 customer you mentioned before and you touched a little bit on the target customer that that individual who wants to be healthy but still wants to drink um, what's that market like? Is that a growing market? What would that, how would we know what that market is? Because, you yeah, know, I mean, I mean, yeah. it's, so, so there's a couple analogs out there that we could look to. Um, you know, when you look at hard seltzers, which went from zero to, I think it's going to be a $3 billion, $4 billion category this year, maybe larger. Uh, you know, its growth has been explosive. And that is, that's the first, that's like, that's like version 1.0 of better for you. And what's better for you in a hard seltzer? Well, one, you don't have all these calories. You have mm-hmm. very little sugar and very little carbs and there's no gluten. So right away, that's sort of the beginning of it. And also you look at like the, the Michelob ultra lights uh, that are again, low calories, low carbs. So the first version or iteration of better for you is just making sure you're taking the bad out of it. Mm. Like you might want to consider bad, too much sugar. People are, wa- are concerned about their carbohydrate intake. You know, they don't want to drink those. They want to eat carbs. And, and then of course, gluten. Some people have a problem with gluten and whatnot. So you take all that out and that's an offering. Where I want to go with it is not only version 1.0, but version 2.0, which is you not only take out what's good, but you ferment in there what's better for you. And those are those hero ingredients and other sorts of bacteria that 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 is actually better for you and beneficial. So at the end of the day, that's uh, that's where I want to play. And and some of those some of those ingredients. Um, so it makes sense to take out the bad for you ingredients. That makes a ton of sense for me because it's like down to 
very, I guess, superficial things like, you know, you don't want to, like you mentioned, you don't want to drink your carbs, you want to eat them. And I think that everyone's sort of uh, acclimated to those kinds of drinks. But what are the better for you ingredients that people should be consuming that perhaps are not? And this is like a great way to get it into them. So yeah. what are some of those hero ingredients? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I think um, uh, there's many of them. So, you know, there's there's different kinds of bacteria that make up fermented beverages that are that are that are more distinguishable and, and, and better than others. So that's the first thing. So some of those bacteria, some of those different forms of bacteria, so all fermented drinks, all malt, you know, all beers are fermented with some sort of bacteria and yeast. So if you use mm-hmm. a certain kind of bacteria and a certain kind of yeast, it's just, a, it's just better for you. Uh, so we use a bacillus coagulin, which is a bacteria in ours, which is really, really good for your, for, for yourself. We use, um, you know, in some of our uh, drinks, we have, um, uh, you know, some sort of adaptogens called Rishi and lion's mane. So they're mushrooms, mushroom based. So mushrooms mm-hmm. right now are very on trend and they're very, they're being proven to be very much uh, better for you. Um, Is it like mental or physical? Like uh, the, the benefits? Physiological. Um, okay. You know, adaptogens are, are known to, and these are, these fall under the category of adaptogens and they really, uh, really go to where your oxidized stress is on the cellular hmm. level and really uh, helps uh, prevent oxidized stress in your cellular level. All right, we're going to pause for a quick second. We're going to thank the sponsor of today's show, Mint Mobile. What is Mint Mobile? Mint Mobile is disrupting the cell phone industry. The telecom industry is not a fun one. I'm from Canada. The prices are outrageous, but we're even talking about in the States where you are paying an exorbitant amount of money for your cell phone bill with the brand name suppliers that you know, that you feel you can't get away from. So what is Mint Mobile? Well, Mint Mobile is providing the same quality service. Uh, I'm using it right now. They're providing uh, data at the speeds that rival any big telco name that have the coverage that rivals any big telco name and then some but the question is why are they so cheap because they only sell online they only sell their service online they don't have brick and mortar they don't have those hard costs that traditional telcos have to cover and they cover them in that wireless bill now you're asking okay so what is the actual cost though 15 dollars a month one five dollars a month that's insane my cell phone bill before that was pushing $100 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, 5G, wireless data. Call quality is crystal clear. Never had a single dropped call. Never lost reception. Never had slow data, slow loading. You can keep your own phone that you already have and you just get a brand new SIM card. And if you're not happy, you have seven days, no questions asked, money back guarantee. So what are they doing for everybody who is listening to the Success Story podcast? I told you this was going to be an incredible offer. $15 a month. They're going to ship it to your door for free. You go to mintmobile.com slash success story. That's mintmobile.com slash success story. $15 a month, unlimited talk, text, 5G, high-speed data, shipped to your door. Mintmobile.com slash success story. I've never spoken about a product on this show that disrupts the telco industry the way that Mint Mobile is currently disrupting. All right, let's get back to our interview. What I am curious about just on more of a a commercial side, 
you grew your first company, Kavita, which was um, it was probiotics, but it was it was uh, what's the what's the proper terminology for it? Um, you said a fermented beverage, fermented beverage. Um, when you grew that, have you noticed that the industry has matured? Is it easier to build a business based on health drinks, or are we still somewhat late in adopting uh, this trend? No, I think the trend is still still very much on a steep incline. I mean, when I started Cavita, uh, uh, we we started with a with a sparkling probiotic drink that was a fermented beverage. Then we went to uh, an apple cider vinegar drink. We all know that apple cider vinegar, if you drink, it could be better. Then we went mm-hmm. to a non-alcoholic kombucha beverage, all non-alcoholic. And at the time, we were like we were one of the early folks in there was uh, one maybe two brands that were out there and what we did was we decided to go and spend money to go national really quickly mm-hmm. shelf space so you know i think one part of the lesson is to be we first could be great to be early is essential so we weren't first but we were early and and the guys that go first oftentimes spend a lot of money they oftentimes could be the number one leading brand, but they're but oftentimes the learnings and the challenges you get being first, you could mm-hmm. be second. So, um, as it relates to that first company, we were one of the first early pioneers, um, and we learned a lot, and we really grabbed share quickly when share was available to be captured. When the retailers and the consumers were saying, "Hey, we want more of this." But there wasn't a lot of offerings, so getting there first, making sure you're, you know, you're early enough so that you could build your brand before it gets crowded. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, so that's also another really, really interesting point. How do you, how do you spot those trends so that you're early enough on that you can get on board, right. but you're not, you know, you're not too late. You know, there's really in in food and food and beverage. You know, there's there's a couple of ways that you do. If you shop at the natural grocer, the Whole Foods or the Sprouts or whatever it might be in your the local co-op, when you go in there, the people that read labels, that do their research, that are really considered early adopters, show up there and begin to buy stuff off shelf that you begin to see what's really trending. And if in one category you see that this particular cacao is selling a lot uh then in in this category you know that cacao is a is a particular or goji or chia or whatever it might be is all of a sudden something that's beginning to get on trend so mm-hmm. you really have to have visibility into areas and where shoppers go and do early shopping and then have an insight around oh with this trend i'm seeing i could puzzle something together to make a product that's new, innovative, different, but yet leverages what's currently becoming on trend with regard to ingredients. And that sort of is how you do it, how I do it. And you mentioned one other thing that I thought was interesting. Um, with Kavita, you said you started with one beverage and you, I'm not sure if you added or, or you pivoted, but how do you know or, or how do you deal as as you're working in such a fast moving environment? Uh, when to pivot? When to double down? When to uh, add a new product line? What, what what drove those decisions? 
So innovation is critical in any in any business, even in all businesses. So in beverages, you know, you launch with we launched with three SKUs in our Kavita primary line. We went to six SKUs. We went to nine SKUs and going to nine different discrete offerings. We started realizing some were working, some were. We'd we'd innovate, change, pull some, push some. We would get to a place where innovation was exhausted with that particular line. But we did notice that in other fermented kinds of uh, beverages, there was opportunity. So we went from a, a probiotic fermented line to an apple cider vinegar. So we were watching that apple cider. People were taking shots of apple cider vinegar. Yeah. And that's what they do. And then all of a sudden, oh, we can make a beverage. That's not as tart, but just as much. That da, 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 da. So then we were like, let's keep innovating. Let's keep taking more share. Uh, and so then that's when we didn't pivot, but incrementally added that line. And then finally, we added the kombucha line, the non-alcohol kombucha line, which ended up becoming one of the biggest for us, which was our third. Again, by seeing what was trending out there and what was going on, and yeah, so. and I'm, and I'm also just um, I guess one more more business question. There's so many lessons to be learned in, in successfully scaling now two times and and probably more uh, based on some of your past successes, uh, businesses and emerging markets. So I'm just very curious because like you're like we're speaking about drink and beverage, but these these are lessons that can be applicable to a lot of people that are, are trying to build in emerging markets or trending markets. Are there specific marketing and sales tactics that you've used in an emerging market that perhaps are a little bit different or is it the exact same? Well, you know, I think it's really important that in any new trending product uh, across any category that you really get influencers to be early adopters to endorse the product so that you can have credibility. Mm -hmm. Something that um, is very important to, to me in my world and how I, how I build brand. Um, And, um, and in sales, and that would be in marketing um, marketing. Look, you have to, it's a DTC world. So, you know, you really need to be super sharp and savvy on your direct to consumer uh, sort of play. and then I think on the sales front, you know, you you have to understand that when you're growing a, a you have a you have a large selling organization, um, that you've got to forward spend in order to ensure that you could, you know, continue to drive growth by having selling personnel out there. But you don't want to forward spend too much too soon on a sales organization, where it's overly burdensome and your burn rate, your cash flow gets impaired. Because you've got too many salespeople representing too much of the country or two different channels prematurely. So the learning there is you got to forward spend, you got to plan on growth, you got to spend to grow. But if you overspend to grow on sales, you oftentimes will find yourself in a situation where you're not uh, you're not getting you're not very capital efficient. And at the end of the day, any entrepreneur wants to make sure that for every dollar they bring in where they bring in revenue, they get as far as they can with it before they have to take on more capital, which will pollute, them, pollute their equity down low. Managing that, that dilution is all critical to forward spend, and that oftentimes relates to sales. 
That's very good advice. Um, very, and I, and I just, I'm pretty sure that that motorbike from before is just doing laps around the block. So I think it's like after work hours and somebody's like enjoying the summer weather. So I apologize. Um, but uh, okay, so I want to I want to ask uh, like some a few business life insight questions. But I, before I move on, um, was there anything that's happening in your world with Flying Embers? Um, that you wanted to you want to bring up it's really exciting or do we cover most of what you're working on now well i mean no i think i think the most important right now uh, during this podcast you know california's burning you know we have yeah. fires everywhere and so and so for us you know the it's just really important for us to support and we do in many ways the first responders uh we we give back to them for mental health people don't realize the amount of mental health challenges they have when they're when they're putting themselves in harm's way and their family has so that's something we support we do a lot of different things for them and that's that's it that's really what you know makes everything just feel like it's a little bit more worthy than mm -hmm. selling a great product yeah, yeah. no I, I appreciate that um okay uh so i guess a, a little bit of rapid fire um and you may have touched on some of these before uh, but i like to go over them again um biggest challenge in in growing business Think of one thing that you had to overcome that was monumentally difficult, and how did you overcome that? Well, yeah. So, um, so, so I think the oh God, you know, I think the biggest thing that I had to overcome was to innovate a manufacturing, a method of manufacturing that would give us intellectual property, so that we could develop a product that was so unique and different that enabled us to have a competitive advantage. So. You know, specifically, how do I, how did we make a shelf stable beverage that was never pasteurized? So, mm -hmm. right now, consumers, when things are pasteurized, they're like, eh, it's all killed, it's dead, it's not really, you know, for those that are really into this better for you space. So, so yeah. we had to innovate a, me a method of manufacture where we can make a brew and not have to pasteurize it, and yet it still be stable enough so that we could ship it around the country. And it could end up on the floors and case stacks or displays in a way that that wasn't an issue for for quality standards. That was really the biggest thing that challenge that I had to overcome to to be where I am today. Um, and and the other the other question that I, I really like to bring out, where do you as CEO and serial entrepreneur? Where do you go to stay on top of things? Where do you go to learn? It could be in relation to your business or it could just be professional growth. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I mean, in, in, every, in every industry, you have trade shows. Mm -hmm. You have thought leaders that are some, someone you look up to or hear. And staying in communication, being well-read with the rags, the industry and trade rags is absolutely vital. I worked on Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal every day was, was, was one's, you know, something you had to read. Uh, for me, every day, there's several different journals and rags I read. The trade shows you got to go to. you got to shake hands. you got to meet people, network, talk, communicate, ask questions. That's it. That's good. It. Easy. Easy. Simple. Simple. <laughs> you know, common sense isn't common. So, no, it's very good advice. Um, what's, uh, what's one thing in the better for you space? that you're investigating that isn't mainstream yet that you're interested in? That's a great question. Um, well, there is a, you know, there's this, there's an idea around these, um, you know, wine spritzers have gotten very popular mm -hmm. and there is an opportunity 
to make wine spirit. And one of the great things about traditional red wine is that it's got, it's got uh, resveratrol in it and it's got also polyphenols in it. These are like the things that make red wine like really, really good, really better for you. And so, but that never really translated in any sort of, you know, wine spritzer. So I'm, I'm really looking at how to make a wine spritzer with all the punch, better for you punch, and that's really flavorful uh, that you get out of a heavy, big, you know, bottle. Yeah. But in a light format. So that's one thing I'm looking to do. Very cool. And that's just, is that just like R&D? Like this is like bleeding edge stuff and like nobody else does this, right? Okay. So here, all it's right. A, oh, it's a lot of R&D. We have, uh, we, we, we invest a lot in, in, in R&D. Uh, I think it's really important. Um, one lesson that you would tell your younger self. Boy, that's great. Um, <clears throat> my younger self would be, you know, I think really uh, find, uh, you know, so I've had a journey, uh, professional career, and it would probably be find really your bliss, find what you really, really love to do. Oftentimes we end up doing things because, you know, opportunity, um, need of making money. And I think I think ultimately really being, being aware and in touch with what, what you really resonate with, what really turns you on and find a way to get to that space sooner rather than later. And for many, it's, it's a long journey and some never get there and some get there too late. So I would say early on, identify what that is if you can and do everything, everything you can to get there sooner in life. That's what I tell my younger self. And then uh, the the last question, and then I'll get some um, some info from you where people can go and check out the the flying embers. Where they can go check out the website, your social. Um, what does what does success mean for you? Yeah, you know, you know, there's a, you know, I am a, I am a competitive person, so success is winning. Mm-hmm. Success is really for me um, superlative execution. So in this game of business entrepreneurship, no matter what it is, you've got to execute on a plan. And if you execute on a plan, you're going you're gonna to win. You're going to succeed. And so that execution of plan is what really, is what really I think, uh, is uh, how I define myself as successful. And that will result in more people buying the product, more money coming in, maybe eventually selling the company, whatever. But all comes down to the chess game, the, <laughs> the crafting of the ex- of the plan so that you can execute it. That's for me. I think that's it. I like that. Yeah. I love it. Every time I ask that question, there's another answer, and they're all great. Like all these answers are great. But that's a really that's a very fun answer. I think I think that we think the same way because um, I also I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's it's the it's it's the game. It's it's like the the pursuit of the pursuit of the next and figuring it out. And and connecting the dot like it's a lot of fun. Like business is a lot of fun, and when it comes together, yeah, it's, it's even more fun. It's cube, and it's not, and, and everything that goes into getting it right is, is 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 it? You know, for me anyway. Yeah. yeah cool. Okay. Uh, most importantly, where do people go buy Flying Embers? Uh, where do people connect with you online? Where uh, where can they go? Well, yeah. Well, you know, flyingembers.com, Obviously, uh, you can come to. We're in. Uh, we're in Publix, we're in Harris Teeter, we're in Whole Foods, we're in Wegmans, we're in Vons, we're in Sprouts, we're in 
uh, Albertsons, we're in, uh, we're in a lot, we're in Total Wine, we're in Bevmo. So all these places you can find us. I think probably the, the best national footprint would probably be Whole Foods right now. Um, okay. But yeah, thanks. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 